Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast and thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me for about half an hour or so. So this week I'm actually joined by the CEO and co-founder of Flowship. Uh, which is a Hong Kong-based e-commerce and crowdfunding 3PL that I use for my e-commerce fulfillment through my for my website orders. And I've also used it as well for merchant fulfilled shipping for some of my Amazon Australia listings as well with great effect. So I thought it'd be really useful to have a chat with Steve, uh, especially if you're an e-commerce seller uh, and if you source from China or even if you don't source from China, um, but if you do have global customers. So when I first started using Flowship in 2015, they basically offered an ability for you to I guess, import from China into Hong Kong and with your integrated shopping cart. I mean, I use Shopify, but they integrate directly with lots of other shopping carts. Uh, But basically, they'd handle everything from a logistics perspective once an order had been placed through the website. But now they work back the other way as well so so that you can take advantage of China's e-commerce market, which is obviously um, exploding. So what this means is that effectively you can ship your Australian or your Indian, your American, your UK, wherever, basically your products from wherever you have them manufactured in the world directly to Flowship and they can act as your 3PL into China directly from Hong Kong very, very quickly. So if you have an established marketing channel in China or you've got one about to start, it might be a cost-effective option to sort of test your products out in the Chinese market without having to ship a lot of them riskily directly into mainland China. So anyway, look, it's a, I, I found it a really interesting uh, conversation and I hope you do too. Now, don't forget to subscribe to Facebook. We are so close now to, we're 25 members short of 1,000. So please subscribe this week. Um, it'll be great over Christmas to, um, uh, in fact, before the new year, if we can get 25 before uh, December 31st, uh, 2019, that'd be brilliant. And we'll make it to 1,000. And I might, I'll see if I can offer some kind of prize or something. Also, of course, don't forget that the India sourcing trip is on next year, April uh, 2020. That's between the 13th and the 20th of April. So please register before January 31st and save yourself $500. Uh, Just head over to indiasourcingtrip.com. That's indiasourcingtrip.com and Megla will look after you and she'll answer any questions that you have about that extraordinary trip where I will be there as well as many other uh, sellers and coaches and we're all there to, to help you. Uh, now, of course, if you'd like to save 50% off your first month or 10% off for lifetime access to Helium 10, please visit theaustralianseller.com forward slash Helium 10. Anyway, let's get on with this week's show and my conversation with Steve Saul. And today, I am absolutely thrilled to welcome the co-founder and CEO of Flowship, Steve Sal, comes to us all the way from Hong Kong. And uh, I'd love to welcome you to the show today, Steve. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Now, can you give us a bit of an intro? What's my standard question, a bit of your background and what got you into the fulfillment business? How did you end up co-founding and becoming the CEO of a logistics and and e-commerce 3PL fulfillment business in Hong Kong? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, obviously I can't really tell the long answer, um, but you know, for, um, you know, getting involved in the fulfillment aspect of things, um, you know, I actually, I'm originally from the States, um, exactly, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And, 
uh, decided to venture out into China because, um, you know, really because of the growth of the of the economy. And, um, you know, I just really wanted to kind of get the best of both, both worlds with U.S. and China. So the time that I spent in China, um, I actually ended up working for a company called 4PX. Um, they happen to be arguably the largest um, you know, e-commerce uh, fulfillment provider uh, for cross-border logistics and shipping. Um, so, you know, you have a lot of the eBay and sort of like Amazon sellers using 4PX services. Um, so during my time there, I was accountable for um, like overseas, uh, you know, business developments and really helping 4PX, you know, take their business, you know, to the world. And, um, you know, while I was there, while it was all a great experience for me, really learning about cross-border, you know, logistics and, and, and understanding the pains of, of shipping, you know, worldwide, I really felt that there was a gap in, in terms of the market that they were serving. Uh, mainly, they were, uh, you know, serving Chinese sellers, but um, I felt that for international sellers, um, you know, which they even had like a, I guess you could say like an overseas sales team. Um, that's really where I saw the challenge where they, they really couldn't sell to the Western online seller. And the reason why it really is, is really comes back to the quality of the, of the service, um, you know, and, and being able to provide, I guess, software um, that can really um, work with, with the UI UX experience that, that matches the Western sort of, uh, you know, ways of, of working um, so, so that led me to say, Hey, you know, there's, there's a huge, you know, sort of market like opportunity or demand here where, you know, the Western online retailer is, you know, I would say 50% plus in the world are actually manufacturing in China. So if you're manufacturing in China, you know, why can't you actually ship directly from the source? Um, so, um, there's really no company that was able to offer this and that's where, I said, hey, you know, I think this is a great business idea. Let's do Flowship. And mm. um, really the, the focus around Flowship was, was based upon two main pillars. Um, number one, that's, that's customer service. You know, making sure that we have an English-speaking uh, sort of team um, that's relatable to the Western seller and provides a Western level of customer service. Uh, number two, it's, it's technology. Um, you know, I felt that, you know, 4PX and, and many of these other sort of Chinese fulfillment providers um, they're very similar when it comes down to technology. Um, and I would even say the UI US experience is very Chinese. And so we want to provide technology where, yeah, like once again, that's very um, easy to understand um, and helps automate a lot of the work, um, you know, that the Western online retailers um, are normally accustomed to. Yeah. You know, I was living in Hong Kong between 2013 and 2015 and actually met QI, uh, who I think at the time was an account manager for you. And she got me on board with with Flowship. And at the time, I was actually looking to basically get the three pillars of a lifestyle business. So I wanted to have location independence and I wanted to have scalability. That was that was my sort of plan at the time. And, and Flowship definitely helped me do that because previous to that, sort of to your point, I had been shipping my products from China all the way to Australia, where I live, obviously, and then shipping out from Australia to the rest of the world from for my e-commerce fulfillment. And so when I stumbled across Flowship, I think through Michael Michelini had introduced me, that was when ah. I went. So that, <laughs> that was that was the moment when I just went, oh, hang on, this is this could actually basically bridge that last little that gap and and uh, enable me to return to Australia and, and not have to deal with inventory anymore and have have you know pallets of things in my garage and whatnot. So yeah, it's just exactly. it, it's. 
it's a great service. And at the time as well, I was looking at, I think it was like Send from China, but again, to your point, it was very Chinese focused. I think they're based yep. in Shenzhen or something as a competitor of yours, I guess, in a way. But um, but when when I saw Flowship and the, and the dashboard and the way that you guys were set up and yeah, it was, it was perfect. So yeah, it's been a brilliant relationship ever since. All right, well, let's let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about e-commerce in general. So there's been a, obviously a massive growth in e-com. We can see that with Amazon, eBay, and a lot of other marketplaces together with a lot of e-commerce. So what's happening in China at the moment from an e-commerce perspective? How hard is it for Western companies to introduce their products into China from you know and sell e-commerce? Yeah, you know, um, so... Flowship, we've been focused on um, assisting Western sellers get into the China market. And I would say that um, it's definitely hasn't been um, the, the easiest experience. And, and I, I, I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, as much as I really want to, you know, encourage, you know, Western sellers to, to enter the China market, you know, when selling into China, first of all, you need to have, you know, your products approved for selling. And, you know, that process can take a while. Um, and if you really want to, um, you know, so or basically send your products into the China market, um, store your inventory in China and sell within, um, there, there's, there's some processes that, that you have to deal with. First of all, you have to set up your Chinese entity, um, you know, that which, which can take some time. Um, and then that, you know, you need, to, you need to make an investment. And, you know, usually rule of thumb, as I talk to more of these um, like the China TPs, basically assist um, you know overseas sellers with uh, you know setting up their uh, setting themselves up on the marketplace, um, helping them do the marketing. They may even help you with uh, setting up your business entity, um, and um, yeah, I mean just help you sell your products in, into the Chinese um, you know marketplaces or um, even website building, etc. Um, but what they tell you is that if you want to be successful in, in China, usually the upfront investment tends to be anywhere from around, um, you know, 100,000 to around 200,000 US dollars, right? So wow. definitely no, yeah. uh, you know, small investments. Um, and, you know, I, I can't say that, you know, just because you don't have 100,000 US dollars doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful in China. But mm. the when you're marketing to the Chinese people, course, it's going to be very different when, you know, marketing to a, a U.S. customer or an Australian customer, um, you know, Instagram or, or Facebook, you know, these are some, you know, some, some popular channels that you can sell uh, or, mar or market to online. But in China, you don't have Instagram, you don't have Facebook because they're both blocks, right? So now you have to think about, um, you know, which, which channels can I really used to to market to the Chinese customer and the Chinese customer is is evolving every single day now it's really becoming you know it comes down to trust right because you have a lot of the counterfeit counterfeit goods you know maybe selling on Taobao um, and you know the customer may may not trust the seller you know and then it may also come down to um, you know really uh, how can I trust whoever's marketing to me how can I trust this person even so now to have you know uh, your friends even being being become ambassadors of certain products, and as a result, because they they may be your friend, you know you may be more inclined to purchase. Um, so um, even like the, the the thought of like a key opinion leader, which used to be really, mm -hmm. really popular, uh, you know in China, you know that's becoming 
you know, less and less of, um, you know, a clear like marketing, I guess, like strategy, uh, you know, for Chinese companies. You're just seeing, wow. you know, just regular people being ambassadors for, for brands and, and being. Mm. And so that's where the WeChat uh, sort of, uh, you know, platform is, is becoming uh, a lot more popular. And now you even that's see, huge. Um, you know, WeChat stores um, becoming more alive. Um, so before you had, you know, the like the T-Malls and the, and the JD.coms of the world really having about 80 to 85 percent market share in the Chinese e-commerce market. Now you have a lot more of these sellers migrating to, to WeChat where you can have sort of your own sort of like online store, like your Shopify or Magento.com or, uh, or WooCommerce. And, you know, uh, basically, you know, setting up your own store and using WeChat sort of as a platform, uh, you know, to market, market your products. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope I provided some, some, yeah. some advice there in, in terms of tackling China. Um, but the, you know, the, the, the second thing that you may have to worry about becomes logistics, right? So, mm. um, you know, that's where, that's where we, you know, come in. Um, if any sort of, um, you know, overseas brand wants to enter to the China market pretty much immediately, uh, we can help you do that without exactly, you know, having to set up the Chinese entity. And it kind of ends up being a loophole where, um, you know, you can sell directly, um, you know, into the Chinese market because you're selling more cross-border. Um, so, so obviously, when, when you have your goods um, into Hong Kong, um, that would be the fastest path to getting your product into China uh, when you're, I guess, outside of the country. Hong Kong, you know, it, is, it borders Shenzhen, uh, you know, southern China. Um, so, you know, you can see your shipping days, you know, go anywhere from about two days to around, you know, seven days. Um, and, um, and you don't even need, uh, you know, product approvals, um, you know, to sell into China as well. Right. So, um, so yeah. So, yeah. So you've got speed and you've also got, um, the ability to be able to import into Hong Kong and not have to worry about setting up a business in China itself as well. So you can. Yeah, it's a bit of a win-win, isn't it? And then yep. the other thing I was going to say as well, I mean, just on that trust side of things, we have here in Melbourne and throughout Australia a lot of uh, what we call Daigu sellers or Daigu, I think they're called. Uh, and what they do is they buy like uh, Australian milk powder and they buy, you know, the vitamins from Blackmores and uh, whoever, you know, like the, the domestic, uh, you know, foods and popular brands that are in China. Australian mm -hmm. brands in China that are trusted. What they do is they actually take videos of themselves buying these products from our supermarkets and from our chemist chains or whatever, and uh, and then bringing them into their little stores. You know, in the CBD of Melbourne, which is very expensive to have, a, you know, a shop front there. And uh, and then what they do is they yeah they take a video of the whole thing and they they take a video of packaging it up into the box and then sending from Australia all the way into China. Um, and then a lot of that is all sort of evidence that it of the providence of the of the items that they're not counterfeit is is sent through WeChat to you know various customers that are expecting those goods. So it's interesting though that it might be possible now for us to be able to send maybe smaller test orders rather than investing a hundred thousand US dollars or whatever however much it costs, you know, by setting everything up in China, we might be able to send these these test orders into into say Flowship in Hong Kong. Uh, and then start our marketing without sort of spending a huge amount of money. Is that would that is that a method that could work? Absolutely, you know, Chris. I, I think you just hit the nail on the head here. Um, that that's basically the advice that I give for any 
you know, new seller that wants to get into the China market, um, use Hong Kong basically as your launchpad, uh, you know, to to test if your product is actually um, something that the Chinese you know consumer actually wants or or needs, right? And yeah. you don't have to invest in you know setting up your Chinese entity, spending money on that. Um, you know, you don't have to set up. Um, you know, maybe a, a marketplace that, uh, or set up on a marketplace, which actually entails upfront costs as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You can even use your own, you know, Shopify site or um, your own shopping cart system and um, do a little bit of marketing, you know, within China and, and see if your conversion rate is high enough and it's something that you really want to invest in and, and take take forward. So yes, I- That's I def- right, yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. And then you can basically, you know, if things are really starting to pan out and you're shipping quite a few units back into China, then you can potentially invest that $100,000 because you can obviously see, you know, the, the future potential of, of the brand and the products. So because it's interesting with you guys, uh, the way that you were originally structured, as I understand things uh, when, you know, back in sort of 2013, 14, 15, was that it was more goods were coming across from China you know, through into Hong Kong, the Chinese manufacturers quite liked it because they got their export sort of commissions or whatever that sort of rebate right. is from the China government, yeah, when they went across border into Hong Kong. And then that enabled us e-commerce sellers then to, you know, as I was explaining earlier, rather than shipping to our own countries and trying to 3PL out from there, um, you'd be able to ship directly out of uh, out of Hong Kong, which was, you know, fantastic. So, um, but now it looks like it's heading back the other way. So uh, as I understand things, Western brands and product owners can send products to Hong Kong through through to you, and then actually go back into China. So that's a really interesting model. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hong Kong can, could serve as serve as like dual purposes, right? I mean, you know, you can have um, you know your goods being shipped all over the world, you know, through through Hong Kong. Um, and let's say that you really want to, you know, test the China market as well. You can do that, you know, with your inventory basically in the same location. Right. So centralizing your inventory and you don't have to worry about these various movements of sending large amounts of working capital, you know, in various distribution centers all over the world. Uh, mm. Just have it in Hong Kong and be very lean. I mean, one of the clients that I was just talking to recently was just experiencing explosive growth. And they're like, oh, my goodness, like I used to see freight my goods, you know, into uh, into the United States and not having to worry about inventory. Now I have to do air freight and that costs so much more. Um, and let alone also have my international volume that I have to serve. And, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to, you know, sh- basically have all of my inventory in the U.S. and then shipping all the way back internationally. Maybe I can send, you know, my my demand you know, for the U.S. and I can have a, a set of inventory, uh, you know, in Hong Kong, which is closer to my, my manufacturer, um, even run smaller MOQ sizes and. Mm. Um, you know, if, if, if a need arises where maybe my demand is just so, you know, soaring through the roof, um, you know, I can have, uh, you know, my inventory sent a lot faster, basically same day or next day after the manufacturing run is done and, and start selling, you know, within, yeah. let's say, three days after, after the manufacturing run is done. So yeah, that's how I do it. That's how I do it, Steve. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as the manufacturing run is done, I've got inventory that's going, yeah, sometimes by sea, some, most of the time by air into the US, into Amazon in Europe, and then the balance is sent to Flowship for e-commerce. And yeah, like to your point, rather than sending it, you know, air freight into Australia for, you know, a website fulfillment, I can get it literally, the cash flow is just sorted out straight away, like I'm selling immediately. Yeah, so it's a, it is a, it's a really good system. 
One of the things I was going to say as well is that I've also uh, used Flowship a little bit for my Amazon customers here in Australia, really just testing out products in the marketplace here uh, mm-hmm. as a manu- as a merchant fulfilled and then, you know, taking those orders from Amazon Australia and, and uh, having them fulfilled from Flowship in Hong Kong. Uh, and, yeah, it's been really successful as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good system. Um, I don't want to turn into a massive chat about how good Flowship is, but you guys are pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <Appreciate> <laughs> so, in fact, better than pretty good. You're awesome. Um, <laughs> now, who else is using Flowship service? Because you also offer a crowdfunding service too. So why don't we talk That's about right. crowdfunding? And, and do you have any tips for crowdfunders uh, in terms of like actually running a campaign, you know, crowdfunding campaign, either on Indiegogo for, or obviously the big one is Kickstarter is probably the first. Um, and then in terms of logistics, obviously you've got a lot of pledges and rewards that people need to ship out. How do you handle that sort of volume? Yeah, sure, sure. So um, yeah, not, not only do we handle like e-commerce, you know, fulfillment for you know online like global online sellers um, that are you know accustomed to selling on their own website or you know Shopify, Magento, WooCommerce, or you know some of these shopping carts. Um, we do help out with our you know the crowdfunding community where you know people are trying to come out with very novel products and um usually the challenge about crowdfunding fulfillment is that um many many of the crowdfunding sellers tend to be on the newer side maybe they've never really done business uh before or let alone maybe they were just selling in their own like domestic market so when you're selling on kickstarter when you're selling on indiegogo you're basically opening up uh your your market to the world you the world is basically you know, looking at, you know, Kickstarter, Indiegogo on a daily basis, you know, and, um, you know, may, let's say you have like a 10,000 backer campaign, you know, 50, 50% of that may be, or 40 to 50% maybe US, and then maybe you have, you know, 10 to 15% in Australia, and then you have, you know, 20 to 30% in Australia, and then 10% rest of the world, right? And, you know, when you're yeah. thinking about shipping to all these different countries, um, you know, let alone you've only shipped, you know, let's say within Australia, uh, shipping internationally to uh, 100 plus countries is, is just a nightmare. You're like, where do you even start? Um, so that's where, you know, Flowship comes in. And, you know, when you have about, you know, 10,000 orders that you have to ship, you know, within, within a few days, um, you know, Flowship will basically take your goods uh, from the manufacturer, most likely, you know, it would be in China. Um, and then we will, you know, bring it into our warehouse. And um, yeah, I mean, we basically we have been doing this for the past uh, five to six years now. Um, and you know, we have a basically a science in terms of you know how do we pick and pack orders, uh, in, you know, in the various combinations for for each country, making sure that the duties and taxes are all um, we we consult you in advance in terms of uh, you know how you should how you should manage that aspect. Uh, we make sure even the packaging is, is arranged because sometimes you may have, you know, multiple combos. You know, some some customers may order, you know, five or six of, of, of a certain product. And as a result, the packaging has to change. Um, mm. This is all things that, you know, will we'll take care of you, take, take care of for you. Um, as long as we understand, uh, you know, what the product is, you know, that we're distributing. Um, so, yeah, we, we even have something called um, a Flowship Certified Logistics Program. And so before... Mm-hmm and start your Kickstarter Indiegogo campaign, um, we'll, we'll do, we can do some free con- consultation for you. Um, you'll let it, you let us know, you know, what is the product that you're trying to distribute? What are the markets that you're trying to sell them, sell to? So for instance, if you have a battery product, um, you know, we'll let you know um, what shipping methods are available to you to ship to the various markets. 
um, and maybe even some safety documents that you should be aware of um, that you should, you know, prepare uh, in advance. Um, mm. So you you pass this uh, this consultation that we have uh, for you. We'll provide you uh, a seal or, or a certification seal that you can put onto your Kickstarter or your Indiegogo campaign, which certifies legitimacy to your backers saying that, hey, um, you know, Flowship has approved uh, this product for, for distribution. So don't worry about it. Um, you know, about receiving this product successfully into your hands. Um, so we've yeah, we, been, been very successful for our campaigners. Um, you know, we, we've seen, um, ah, sorry, I forgot the statistic, but usually people that have this, uh, this seal um, will, will actually, um, you know, experience more, more sales of their uh, Kickstarter Indigo campaigns. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's been proven. So, uh, yeah, whenever you talk to someone on our, on our Flowship team, uh, they'll, they'll be able to provide a little bit more color in terms of uh, in really the legitimacy behind this, uh, this seal. What about sort of, let's say that I was an e-commerce seller then or a crowdfunder who had a fairly large product. Like what, are, what does the economics look like? Is it sometimes better for people to actually ship to their own country and fulfill that way? Or are there reasonable shipping costs for you know, oversized items, for example? Yeah, so so that's a, that's a very good question when you said oversized because international shipping can get quite expensive once your product reaches a certain size. So usually what we say is that in the postal world, which is the most economical way to ship worldwide, um, two kilograms or less for your products is um, you know considered like e- like a good sort of e-commerce weight. Um, but once you hit over two kilograms, that's when your shipping costs start start soaring. Mm-hmm. And you think about even your, your retail cost. So let's say that you're selling your product for like 30 US dollars, but your the weight of your product is over two kilograms. Well, you know, your shipping cost, you know, to ship internationally, uh, you know, maybe $30. Right. So where is mm-hmm. your market? Um, so think a little bit ahead uh, when when you're choosing a product and, and your e-commerce business. Um, but, you know, to your, to your question. Um, when, when I'm thinking about, um, how to set up my, let's say my, my distribution centers or my supply chain strategy, um, I, I would first figure out where, where's my largest market? Where's my target audience? Now, if my target audience, you know, like 90% is based in Australia, um, I'd probably put my goods in Australia. Right. Mm. And, uh, and then, you know, the 10%, you know, international, yeah, maybe you can ship, um, you know, from Australia as well, right? Um, it's it's not big enough yet for you to maybe even consider someone like Flowship to handle your international goods. But once you get to around like thirty percent of your volume becoming more international, um, that's where, yeah, I mean, you you'd want to consider consider someone like us because um, Australia may be quite limited in terms of the international shipping options. You may have like Australia Post. Um, mm. And yeah, and then you have the express couriers of the world, but you need that economical solution as well, right? Mm. You, that sort of, you know, postal solution. And, you know, at Flowship, we have, we have many different sort of economical solutions that you can choose from for, 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 for even each market. So, um, you know, we have like Swiss Post, you know, for Europe, we have Post Netherlands for Europe as well. Uh, we have Singapore Post more for Asia. And, you know, we even have like what we call like direct injection solutions now. So this is becoming a very, very um, innovative uh, way to ship uh, to ma- uh, major e-commerce markets in the world. And so basically what direct injection means is that 
Um, typically in the postal world, you have many handoffs. You're going to hand off in. So, so if you're using Singapore Post, go, goods go from Hong Kong into Singapore, consolidates there, and then you know if the parcel is intended to ship to the UK, then it goes from Singapore to like a regional hub in in Europe, and then it gets into the UK, uh, you know, distribution center and and ship last mile with like Royal Mail, let's say, right? But that's a lot of handoffs, and that's why shipping times can be uh, quite long for for postal mail. But with direct injection, what happens is you know, Flowship will book a uh, you know commercial airline, uh, some space space on the commercial airline. We'll ship direct from Hong Kong into the UK or maybe into Australia, um, and uh, through special clearances, we will inject into let's say for Australia the Australia Post network, um, and and then from there it's basically local delivery times. Um, so shipping time for that ends up um, shortened by a lot. Um, mm being seven to 14 days, but direct injection can be anywhere from about three days to, to around eight days um, yeah. to the customer. So um, yeah, I mean, that's that's where, you know, international shipping can get quite creative. And um, I don't think there's really any other place in the world um, that's better to do international shipping than from Hong Kong, Hong Kong or, or from China. Um, mm. You know, and it's really the rise of of the Chinese seller, the Hong Kong seller, um, shipping internationally. You know, back you know in the two thousand five, two thousand six, in the eBay and Amazon days. Um, you know, yeah, where, that's right. You know, you, you where basically you, the, the eBay seller would have a tough time trying to compete against Chinese sellers because first their their cost for, for the products are so low, and the shipping costs are also low as well, right? Mm. But now it's sort of starting to level up a little bit as well for for yeah the more domestic sort of sellers on those marketplaces. Exactly. Obviously, a bit of an elephant in the room here is just around the protests that have been happening in Hong Kong. Are you happy to talk about uh, your experience? Has that had any disruption at all to your business? Sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about that. I'm sure you know a lot of people um, you know have their concerns once you hear about Hong Kong. Hong Kong, probably the the biggest news that you are aware about are the protests. Well, um, you know, fortunately for Flowship, um, you know, we haven't really seen, you know, too much disruption um, on our side. Um, at the very least, our, our centers are more away uh, from where the protests are, are centrally or, or, or where they're really happening. If anything, the protesters are not even, you know, they're not going to attack the warehouses. Um, you know, they're, they're, um, they're going to attack more of the government. Uh, sort of offices or, or Chinese-owned uh, company uh, stores, et cetera. Um, mm. Oh, so, yeah, we, we've had very um, minor disruptions. Chris, I'm sure you're aware as well um, as, as a client yourself. Um, you know, we, I think we've there's been like like just one. I think there was a there was a small delay because the there were, because of the airport. There was some issue around the airport, and I think we there, we just lost lost a day. I think and that was about it. So there it you go. Been, Dramatic, yeah, at all. There you go. Certainly yeah, we were, I was totally yeah. Yeah, understanding of, of the of the situation that was going on. Obviously, I've, I've got friends that have come from Hong Kong and stayed with us just to get a rest, to take a break from the protests. Uh, we had a couple of friends now that have come over, uh, both sure. both Hongkongese and also Western. Uh, sure. Just just taking a little rest. So yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's obviously pretty dramatic, and what we see on the TV is pretty dramatic. But it does seem as though, uh, in spite of the fact that Hong Kong is you know, is moving into recession if it's not already. Um, there is still a real sense of business as usual. People are still trying to get on, and businesses are still trying to, you know, sort of survive and 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 maintain some kind of resemblance of 
of normality. So yeah, it's, it was. I, I was surprised actually, and I think you guys did a great job in maintaining the service levels that you're able to maintain during. Yeah, you know, I mean, during, certainly during the height of of the protest. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, for us, you know, we've definitely done our side of like contingency con- contingency planning as well. Um, you know, if, if there's um, an issue, you've even getting get into the office. You know, we make sure that the uh, the the staff is trained to to even work from home if, if that's the case as well. Um, but warehouse workers, um, you know, that hasn't really been, uh, you know, a challenge for us to to secure. Um, and you know, the great news I think on the Hong Kong post test side though is, um, you know, if you following if you've been following it is that um, the there there's been a there's been an election for like the local sort of district offices. And before mm. um, about about eighty ninety percent was uh, pro China um, in those offices, uh, but now it's been totally reversed um, to 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 pro Hong Kong, let's say. Um, mm. I think that's because that's where um, there's been a more pre- peace of mind for the protesters, and um, you know they're going to see how how things pan out, especially with um, you know the, these pro Hong Kong uh, officials in place. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I think there's going to be a, a good time period here, um, you know, for us to see what happens. But um, yeah, even even if if something does happen again, uh, I think we're going to be well prepared. And, and as you've seen, uh, minor disruption, um, you know, on our side. Fantastic. Couple of last questions to wrap up here. Uh, sure. China is is Flowship looking to potentially expand into China, say Shenzhen or or somewhere on the other side of the border. Great question. Yeah, so uh, we are we are just about to go live um, in Shenzhen. So wow. um, yeah, I mean, really, the the purpose of us setting up in Shenzhen, and you know, it's really listening to our to our customers. Um, is uh, is it comes down to the cost base, right? Um, when you compare warehousing and labor costs in China versus Hong Kong, you know, it's significantly less uh, than in Hong Kong. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we've listened and, um, you know, we, we're, we're setting up the China warehouse. It should go live maybe tomorrow or, or sometime early next week. Um, and yeah, I mean, our, our, our plan is to make sure that it, it, it mimics our, our operation in Hong Kong. Um, you know, we've, we, I think we've built a very reliable, reliable, uh, operation, um, that has many different shipping options that you can choose from. And that's, that's the same kind of, um, a model that we want to be able to offer offer in China. Um, I don't think there's really any sort of like Western fulfillment provider in China that's able to provide the technology and the customer service um, that's required. So um, yeah, this is really exciting for us um, in terms of that's, next. Yeah. That's super exciting. And the bit I love about you guys as well is the full integration into like I use Shopify. So you know, any customer order that comes in, you know, just it basically just goes straight through to you guys, and then you just pick, pack, and ship. And I don't even have to think about it. I just got to pay the invoice. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a really good, it's a really good system. All right, I think that's actually my last question. Other than just off air, maybe you could provide a shipping calculator or something as well. Um, I, 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 actually, I can I can probably dig it out. But this is episode eighty two, I think, or possibly eighty three. I've forgotten. But um. What we'll do is I'll I'll put up a whole bunch of links into Flowship. By the way, people, Flowship is spelled F L O S H I P, not F L O W, not F L O W. It's Flowship <laughs> without the W. dot com. So be sure to go and check them out. Um, it's a great service. I'm there's I don't have any affiliation to Flowship. I've been using them <laughs> for quite a few years now, maybe five five years I think. 
and uh, been super grateful. I'm probably pretty small fry in the grand scheme of things for Flowship, but um, <laughs> I'm grateful that you've managed to let me hang on to your service. So thanks heaps, Steve, for coming on. Um, how do we get in touch with you and uh, you know, what's the best way to do that? Sure. So, yeah, if you're interested in Flowship services, I, I highly recommend that um, you, know, you go to flowship.com, F-L-O-S-H-I-P.com. We do have a form that you can fill out at the bottom, and um, we'll make sure that well, once you fill out the form that um, a salesperson will be in touch with you immediately. However, I don't um, you know, shy away from um, customers that want to you know, speak to me direct. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Steve Suh, S-T-E-V-E, last name S-U-H. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll connect with you and you can you know, direct message me there. And um, yeah, happy to have a conversation with, with anything related in helping you yep. scale your business uh, for e-commerce. Thank you, Steve. I was uh, I was re- just one last thing I want to just say before we sign off, but I was just really impressed the other day as well when uh, I just sent a message uh, bizarrely through your Facebook page as well and you got back <laughs> to me straight away. Someone got back to me and it turned out to be you. So, yeah, you have definitely got your finger on the pulse of your business and your customers and your inquiries as well as your team. So, yeah, thanks again for let, uh, let me just say. Let me just say on that one, Chris, um, usually I don't reply directly on Facebook messages. However, I do see Facebook messages come through, right? But once I saw your name, Chris, um, I had to reply directly, right? I mean, if you're, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, you're uh, if you're, if you're, if you're a customer of Flowship, especially, you know, longstanding, loyal, you know, uh, customer with Flowship, um, I, I really do care. Um, and, and I hope that shows uh, through that effort. Um, so, yeah. Outstanding. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great. Straight to the top I went. So that's awesome and wonderful (laughs) to have a conversation and jump on the phone and then say, hey, Steve, do you want to come on the show? And he was, and you were just like, yes, absolutely. I'd love to come on and spend a bit of time just chatting about flagship and also just about e-commerce in general. And hopefully, um, you know, people have got a lot out of uh, of our conversation today. So, yeah, thanks again for heaps for coming on the show. No worries at all. I really enjoyed the time and uh, hopefully people came away learning something and um, yeah, hope, hopefully I helped you out, um, you know, through this uh, talk. Awesome, Steve. Thanks again. Thank you. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.